He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney. He is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. What a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, May 13, 2023. The Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. We talk about that with Kelly Brough, who might be Denver's next mayor. Mike Johnston on a few weeks ago. Kelly Brough back for her second appearance. We've got good candidates. We talk about the endorsement of Kelly Brough by Senator Chris Hansen, who vied for the mayoral job as well. He comes back on to tell us what happened at the last legislative session and why he's endorsing Kelly. It's a great show. Dave Gunders, our troubadour, brings the perfect song, Nothing the Wind Can't Blow. It's dedicated to Kelly Brough, who, as a single mother after her husband's suicide, listened to episode 132 to get the background on Kelly. We plow new ground. How does she feel about Mike Johnston's membership in Skull and Bones when he was at Yale? Wow. Remember that her late husband was Native American and that history? She gets into it. We talk nuggets, of course. We talk East High and the crime in Denver Public Schools, what she might do about that. Chris Hansen weighs in on the great issues of the day. But to me, it was Donald Trump on CNN that's on my mind. We talked about that with Chris Hansen, and I just want to tell you a disappointment that I feel. I worked with Dan Kaplis for a long time, and he is a successful civil attorney. And even though Peter Boyles comes on the radio every week and says he has seven or eight partners, most of them former prosecutors, deputy DAs, I was a deputy DA. I was a chief deputy DA. I like my credential because it does make for a better plaintiff's law firm. But those prosecutors in Dan's office left many months ago to form their own law firm. And you can look at Dan Kaplan's website and see that it's him and Bob or Butt. And I don't think either of them have that kind of experience. But Dan does, through prior iterations of his law firm. You've seen him on TV with all those people. They did win some big cases, million-dollar awards, and Peter Boyles brags about that in return for pay by Dan Kaplis. I'm not sure he collected those amounts, but I'm saying undeniably Dan Kaplis is one of Colorado's successful civil attorneys, okay? He's made a lot of money doing it, Good for him. But you should be honest about it. And the field needs to be protected. People who compete in the personal injury arena. But Dan has good qualities in analyzing the law and cases. And I was very interested to hear his analysis of the $5 million awarded at a civil jury trial in New York City to... E. Jean Carroll. So I tuned in the day of the verdict to hear his reaction. And he took a dodge and he said, I haven't followed it that much. I have no idea what happened in 
that Bergdorf dressing room? Well, if you pay attention to the case, and I did, first of all, E. Jean Carroll was a good witness. She told two of her best friends right when it happened. One said, go to the cops. One said, don't you dare. He'll beat you up with all his lawyers. And then Trump denied even knowing her, even though he not only knew her, he knew her husband. And he lied. And we know he lied because the judge, federal judge, allowed in some of the similar sexual offenses by Trump, not the 25 or so that's out there, but two of them, a woman that he suddenly mauled when he had a little privacy on a plane and she was next to him. And then this woman uh, who worked for People Magazine, great reputation. She had interviewed uh, Donald Trump and Melania several times. Natasha Stoinoff published articles. She's down to Mar-a-Lago. He gets her in a room, and all of a sudden, he's on her, his mouth all over her, his tongue inside her mouth, and he's rubbing her, groping on her, and it would have come next to the, uh, as he says, grab him by the pussy, but a butler interrupted and said, Mr. Trump, Melania, is, or Mrs. Trump's ready for more pictures, whatever. And it was so similar that a federal judge let it in. There was so much other good evidence based on Trump's own statements, etc. His confession to Billy Bush, his acknowledgement at deposition, this is what's been going on for millions of years. The rich and title guys can grab women by the pussy. And he said, unfortunately or fortunately, and then the other night on CNN, when confronted, he reconfirmed, yeah, it's been a million years. I didn't know a human's been alive for a million years, but this guy's got it all figured out. And he said, again, okay, unfortunately for the woman, but fortunately for him, and I tuned in to see what Dan Kaplis, who holds out his morality, that's what he has Peter Boyles say every week on the ad copy, the the values of his firm, honesty, faith, whatever, morality. Where's the morality of supporting a man who would not only do that, but then go on CNN, which Kaplis watched? I also tuned in to see how he'd react to that. Kaplis watched, and you can hear the podcast. I'm not going to disgust myself by playing it, but he said at various points Trump was magnificent, he won the Republican primary, he's going to support him all the way. He was hilarious, hilarious. And he said, did you see the reaction of that crowd? Anyway, I'm deeply disappointed in Dan Kaplis. To watch that hour on CNN and not see all the problems. Dan Kaplis has been a supporter of Ukraine. Donald Trump is not. Donald Trump is pals with Putin. That was evident again on CNN. So I guess Dan doesn't really care about Ukraine because that was disastrous. He won't even call Putin a war criminal. He's kidnapping American reporters like Evan Gershkovich. What he did to Brittany Griner. Holy cow, Dan. I'm so disappointed you would stand for that. And you didn't do the dodge that you did not see the CNN town hall. You did, and you liked it. You still support this monster. 
And what does that make you? Terrible, terrible conclusion I have to draw on anybody who could watch Donald Trump's performance and not be frightened and tell everybody to support this man, a man who demeans a woman like that, like Eugene Carroll, and then on his show, Dan played the sound bites of Donald Trump ridiculing this woman that she's too old and ugly to have hanky-panky with the great Donald Trump at Bergdorf when I thought his defense was I don't even know her. Holy cow, it's so scary, dangerous, and disappointing when attorneys, attorneys, people with law degrees, will watch something like that and not see the danger. Lindsey Graham, a lawyer, a military lawyer like George Brockler, he put down the jury verdict. He said, you can't trust a jury in New York. Words to that effect, same with Marco Rubio. And then Dan, at the end of one of his hours, I think it was the end of his five o'clock hour, said, you can't trust these kind of decisions in big damn cities. And what the fuck? That means Denver verdicts don't mean anything to you? New York City verdicts? Does Eugene Carroll have to sue now in New Hampshire where he defamed her again? And you support that kind of defamation ongoing? Civil jury verdict for $5 million and the son of a bitch defendant repeats it on CNN and a civil plaintiff's attorney says he was magnificent? For shame. We get into a great discussion with Chris Hansen about billionaires controlling elections, CNN, Colorado's own John Malone. My goodness, Dave Gunders is fantastic as we hash out the great issues of the day, including more discussion about Donald Trump and Carol B. Trump. He's got that song, Nothing the Wind Can't Blow. This show is solid as an oak tree. After this message from Michael Bailey, listen to Kelly Bruff. She wants to be the next Denver mayor, and she's pretty darn close. Enjoy. It's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want, and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblaw.com. LLC.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. 
And being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig. 303-734-7156. 303-734-7156. I am Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Hey there, Kelly Brough. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. I'm envious of you. Why? Because it occurs to me that, yeah, you're busy running for Denver mayor and all of that, but that means you probably don't subject yourself to the nightly news. (laughs) It's true. I'm usually on a debate floor. What I miss? Uh, Donald Trump last night on CNN? Oh, I heard about it. Oh, my goodness. I know. But see how you are lucky? I am lucky. You're right, Craig. You were on episode 132, My Dogs Miss You, They Ask About Benji, and now it's episode 148, so it's 16 weeks later. What's been going on in your world? So most of this campaign have been just meeting with real residents, talking about real issues. It's been amazing. Well, you are that kind of people person. It's not like I've known you for a long time, although... Uh, Truth be told, you are the head of career service. Even back when I was a prosecutor in Denver, we had some slight interaction. But the little I've gotten to know you the last year, you're an undeniably warm people person. So I believe you when you say that you really like those interactions. Not everybody (laughs) would. Not everybody would. Yeah, I told someone recently, if you run for office, you should only do it if you really like people. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Speaking of people, what about Mike Johnston? He's a person. He is a person. And and tell me about your relationship with him. I asked him about you. It's only fair. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I probably met him when he first ran for or became a senator uh, in our, you know, at our legislature and worked with him a little there. He traveled on a few of the trips that the chamber does to other cities, and I got to know him a little there. Um, And he's a nice guy. Did you ever become social friends, like go out to dinner with him and Courtney or stuff like that? No, nothing like that. How are you getting along now? Great. I hug him every time I see him. Do you hug him super close or just standard close? Do you have degrees of hugging? I'm a big hugger, Craig. I, I hug know. Like I hug. <laughs> you hug. I, I interrupted. You hug just like. Yeah, I hug him like I hug everyone else with a little love in there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I believe that. And uh, even that must have been tough during COVID for you because you are a hugger. How did you handle that? I know COVID was hard on me because I couldn't hug as much as I wanted to. But I respected the distance. Well, let's talk about people who are close to you. Who is in your kitchen cabinet? Can I ask? Will you tell? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a great group of people. Very diverse. 
people from all different backgrounds. And I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying saying their names, um, mostly because I want to respect, you know, if they're doing it more quietly. But, oh, my gosh, we have probably every profession on that cabinet, people who've been elected officials, people who've been uh, executives with the ACLU, people who've been former city attorneys, um, current attorneys. Uh, like who? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say so that they're not like, stop telling people. All right. Well, I can guess a couple. Did you know the late Walter Garash? I just wanted to mention that a Denver legend passed away. Condolences to his son, Dan, and his little office building was really close to where you worked for years, right? So did you know him? Yeah, I met him a couple times. What a beautiful man. He had a hell of a career as a Denver lawyer. And speaking of people with a hell of a career, and it's ongoing, uh, not just Wellington Webb, and you worked in the Webb building, right, when you headed up career and service, but his powerful wife, Wilma, I had the privilege of seeing them on what I like to call the old fourth hole at the old Park Hill Golf Course when they endorsed Kelly Brock. That had to be meaningful to you. Uh, oh, my God. Tell everybody about that. It was amazing. I'm so honored. You know, these are two people who have devoted their lives to service to our city. And we've benefited so much. And to have them endorse me and I just will make I'm going to do everything I can to make them proud. Wilma Webb is a powerhouse and she gave a great speech on your behalf. And then it was Wellington Webb who got up there and made just a gender-specific pitch that Denver needed to have a female lawyer at long last, that that uh, barrier needs to be broken and that you were the person to do it. Do you adopt that argument? Uh, I think I'm the most qualified, and I do happen to be a woman. Right, and everybody should go back to episode 132 because you've been a trailblazer at least three times, first female to hold a powerful job. So it's nothing new to you, but I can see you're not campaigning on that. That's for sure. Let's talk about Mike Johnston and uh, the subject of his Yale College membership in Skull and Bones was raised. It's confusing to me. Is it confusing to you? Is it a big deal? Is it a nothing burger? What is that? Yeah, honestly, I don't understand much about those secret societies, only what, you know, we all have read. You know, Craig, my girls are biracial, they're indigenous and white. And so the one thing certainly that catches, there's a lot of things that catch my attention about organizations like that. But one, you know, is to have the remains of a indigenous man is what you read about, you know, causes causes concern in my family. Yes, I hadn't thought about that. Because if you read through the skull and bones, it's insulting to women, minorities. I don't think they had a lot of Jews in there and stuff, but there's been special kind of abuse of Native American heritage. And here, that's part of, you know, the blood of your daughters. It's it's unbelievable. But, now, but anything more you want to say on that? I mean... I hear you can get a good education at Yale. I'm sure you can. (laughs) 
Right. And I now, will you tell the truth about the secret society you were in at that Montana Dairy Queen where you somehow <laughs> accumulated $10,000? <laughs> well, you can imagine. I'm going to guess Michael Johnston and I had two very different experiences in college. You know, mine was, as you point out, one of working all the way through it, uh, going to public institutions, Montana State and then the University of Colorado at Denver. Um, and I frankly think I got a fabulous education and I'm really grateful, but no secret societies. None for you, at least not yet. Let's talk about another big endorsement you got because the beauty of the Denver mayor's campaign, I got to know you a lot better. I got to know Mike Johnston a lot better, but along the way, Chris Hansen impressed the heck out of me. And, uh, he's not your typical Denver, uh, Politico, and he endorsed you. What did you think of that? Uh, he's going to be on this episode, too, because he wants to uh, praise you and and tell us why he made his choice so you can reciprocate in advance. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm so honored to have Chris's endorsement. You know, we, we did the endorsement on the day that we, um, I think, four of the gun bills were signed, and he was providing real leadership on those bills. Um, I'm so grateful for that leadership, but he also provides real leadership on climate. And, and so to have his support and his, his brain help and think about the issues, you know, for that, that I need to be thinking about and how to approach them just means the world to me. He is super smart and an engineer. Could we see him in a Brump administration? Yeah, so you're going to love this, Craig. You know, one of the things, um, I didn't get some endorsements because I won't promise jobs to people, but um, what I intend to do is have really engage the community in the process of selecting my cabinet. So I'll have stakeholder groups, um, people who come from vastly different backgrounds and views, uh, sit around a table and review resumes and identify who we think the top applicants are that I should be considering and what are the most critical issues that we should be looking at. And then um, I'll pick from those. And, you know, the reason I do it that way is it does a couple things. One, you get way more diverse applicants willing to apply because I think they're more confident that it, you're really looking at their skills and hiring talent. Uh, but you also end up getting the support of the community for the work ahead. And I think that's critical for these positions, that community leaders are invested uh, in them and in partnering with them as we go forward. I think that's right. Chris is talented. He's uh, raising his kids. Uh, you already mentioned the incident at East High School. We talked about it pretty much episode 132, but sadly, uh since then, the incidents at East High School, other gun violence in Colorado, elsewhere. Um, why is Chris Hansen an important part of your team? And how did that East High uh, shooting of administrators during a pat-down affect you? Yeah, I think it affected all of us. You know, it's um, a reminder of that we haven't done enough to keep our kids safe. Um, and while I respect our kids' leadership in demanding more of us, um, we also know they should be in school learning um, and preparing for their future, not 
having to march and demand that we take additional action. And so uh, I think for me, it really highlighted the additional work ahead. Um, and I really respect the leadership we've seen at the Capitol who continues to try to ensure that we're creating a safe environment, uh, frankly, for everyone in our community and our kids. It also brings the focus back to Denver Public Schools. We talked about that quite a bit, episode 132. And you boldly said, hey, if I become mayor, and maybe if you, even if you don't, I don't know, you're going to get involved in the Denver Public School Board race that follows so quickly this year. And the guy who competed against you and eventually capitulated and then endorsed you as Kwame Spearman. Now he's running for Denver School Board. Are you going to throw your weight behind him or are you going to have to see? Uh, I just saw that he was jumping in. I'm thrilled to see it. I got to know him a little and I have deep respect for him. I did say um, I'll work with the community to identify who are the three applicants we all agree would be the best school board members and I'll put my weight behind them. And I think Kwame um, is going to give everybody a run for their money in terms of his qualifications. Well, speaking of putting your weight behind things, and in that prior episode, you're an animal when you work out, you even lift weights to work on your arms. We need somebody strong to keep the Broncos from ever moving out of Denver. Are you that person? Of course. Well, hey, you, you know what? Yeah. I grew up in Montana, and you know who our team was in Montana? The Denver, Broncos. Denver Broncos. Mountain time zone. Exactly. And we love them. We uh, That is the team we identified with. It's not Denver without the Broncos. It's not Broncos without Denver. Okay, good. Um, I hope that never happens. But there are things that are happening in Denver that none of us could have ever anticipated, like uh, the immigration crisis on our streets, people in parking garages. Right now it's freezing cold, cold rain. Wow. What's going on, Kelly Brough, and uh, what should be done about it? What would you do if you were mayor? Um, about the migrants yes, that we have? Yes, yes, the migrant crisis. And this is before Title 42 expires. It, it could get worse. Uh, I, I think Denver's a sanctuary for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. But Mayor Hancock has just said, we're overwhelmed, we need help. What's your input on this? Yeah. Um, well, first, I do think uh, we're doing an honorable job of trying to take care of the situation and care for people who are seeking sanctuary and asylum. Um, I think what we really have to do is recognize when you let people into the nation legally, which was what we're doing, um, and you tell them it's going to take a while to sort out if they get status, I think you got to let them work. And so otherwise, I think we're setting everyone up for failure. And so, Craig, I really think, you know, I would be pushing our federal delegation and exploring how do we allow uh, people to work while they're waiting for their status, because the current approach isn't sustainable. No, it is not. And that gets us back to the news that I hope you are missing. Let, let's stay local. I can't really follow all these Denver City Council races but you probably interact with these people and you're around and about. How are those races going and how does it affect your mayoral ambitions, if at all? Yeah, uh, I, I don't see as much. You know, in the old days, we were 
coming and going on stages and now with just what do we have three or four of the seats open right um so i see him every once in a while i wish him well um and uh, i hope i get the chance you know to be the person who gets to work with some of them but uh not too much interaction for me has it occurred to you that uh, the Election's going to be right when the Nuggets are about to be in the NBA Finals. It has. And are you able to follow the Nuggets at all during your busy life and schedule? Of course. I'm a huge fan. Holy cow. Can you say something about the injustice of Nikola Jokic being deprived of the triple crown of the MVP? Just so sad. He's so impressive and, frankly, you know, a model of exactly what you want uh, our kids looking at and trying to become and looking up to, so. Right, and if somebody gets out of line, like, I don't know, maybe a former president, he just makes him sit down like he did with that Phoenix owner the other day. I just need to ask you because... Uh, you probably have some experience, and then I know you are busy, and, and I'll let you get going. Just on the subject of sports, because I want a mayor who's competitive. And uh, what was Mike Johnston, a soccer player? He had some sports background. Do you agree that that's good quality, uh, competitiveness, and are you a good competitor like Jokic. I mean, the guy is great. He's super talented, but he is competitive as hell. Do you have that in you, Kelly Bra? <laughs> I, uh, you should ask someone who uh, has spent time with me. I'm extremely competitive. Um, I played sports in high school, basketball and uh, volleyball. I uh, ran a little cross country. Uh, now I cycle a great deal. Uh, but I even find how to compete even when it's not a competition, Craig. Oh, I like that. I like that. Let me ask you one more quality before we turn over the city budget to you. Are you good with money? I'm extremely good with money. Hey, listen, I've been a single mom, sole breadwinner for almost my girl's entire life. Um, not only have I managed my personal uh, budget, which often was smaller than I wanted it to be, um, but I also have managed the city's budget before. I don't and know. I did if, yeah, great. go ahead. You did And great. I did it very well. Yeah. Good. Giving money back to the taxpayer? Uh, we didn't return money, but remember, I was balancing a budget in response to the Great Recession. And, and you, so, didn't, you didn't bounce any checks? And I didn't bounce any checks. Um, and we stayed inside our limits. And that was a huge contraction in the city's budget. All right. I don't want to say anything inappropriate, but it occurs to me, and I know you haven't been watching, but I sure did as a trial lawyer and a guy who takes sexual assault seriously, the E. Jean Cummings case against Donald J. Trump. And I believe every word of what she said, and the jury said she was sexually abused and whatnot. You've been, you know, a female out there in the world, and I just wonder... If you've encountered men like this, I mean, hopefully Donald Trump's are few and far between, but I mean, yeah. it, it just, and if you, I'm glad you know, watched Trump last night because he redenigrated her, called her a whack job, this 79 year old woman who bravely came forward. 
Anyway, you are a professional woman, and not only uh, did you have such huge jobs in the city, you ran uh, the bureau. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You, you you dealt with countless business and businessmen who go too far. What's your reaction to all of this? Yeah, listen, um, you you probably can't find a woman who in her career has not uh, been treated inappropriately or Frankly, uh, even, you know, in this campaign, there's days when I think you only are asking me that because I'm a woman. Um, Like what? You know, like, will I make the decisions myself? Hmm. Well, of course, I'm going to make the decisions myself. Um, I think um, nobody would ever ask a man that, Craig. And so I think, you know, some of what Donald Trump has done in his life is particularly egregious. Uh, but I think it's worthy for people just to think about all the subtle, small ways that we communicate a message to people that we don't think they belong where they're at and take responsibility to try to figure out how we stop doing that and confront others. So it's not always the woman or the person of color raising the issue. And I think um, it's still happening. And, and, and I think we need allies just like you. Well, thank you. I want to be an ally, and I wanted to really throttle Donald Trump when I heard him set back, you know, the victims movement quite a ways. I'm not going to get you worked up about it because you have enough to worry about. I, I, I will just go back to Wellington Webb, who I spoke to that day, and he made a statement that Denver needs to elect a woman, specifically Kelly Brop to get its swagger back, to get its oh, swagger yeah. back. Do you remember that? And I thought, wow, one, I like those terms. He played a manual. I played a GW. We tried to out-swagger each other, you know what I mean? But do you agree <laughs> with that sentiment? Uh, and has Wellington Webb identified you as the right person to give Denver its swagger back? <laughs> well, uh, yes, he has identified the right person. Uh, I like using the word swagger. To me, I think we may have a combination of, you know, delivering results and then we'll swagger. <laughs> I want to rephrase it in this age of appropriate pronouns. I think it's time to give Denver her swagger back, right? Oh, that's great. Anyway, that was uh, Mayor Webb. And he was a kick-ass mayor for, what, three terms? And he kicked Norm Early's ass when I was supporting Norm Early. I watched that up close and personal, and my last question, because uh, I love Denver history, and I think you do too. You got here a little later than me, but that's okay. You watched Hickenlooper. You probably saw that early web thing. Now that it's down to just you and Mike Johnston, is it taking on any of those dimensions? I mean, Federico Pena's endorsed him. Wellington Webb's endorsed you. Uh, is or is this just sui generis? There, there's never been a race like this. Huh. It's a good question. I think, um, you know, one of the things that may be standing out to people is, you know, um, police, fire, and sheriffs uh, in Denver have all endorsed me. And I think that, you know, that I think those um, employees are playing um, their voice is playing a much larger role today than maybe historically yeah i, I did not know that and, and to extend that argument without artificial intelligence 
We talked a lot about that, episode 132. I hope you remember that when you become mayor. Hey, yeah, Silverman, talk to me about AI. Anyway, the point is, yeah, there's personal relationships, and it would be nice to have a mayor who gets along with the police, the sheriffs, the fire department, right? It it just makes life easier. And we have real work to do. Why did they pick you? Well, they said two reasons. One, uh, they trust me. And two, uh, I know how to do the job. And they think to do their job, they need a mayor who knows how to do the job on day one. Gosh, that's true. I think we have two great choices. But when it comes to somebody who should know the city inside and out, I mean, it's hard to beat you in your background, right? You've spent decades. Yeah, I have. So give us your closing pitch. One, uh, how does Get Out the Vote work? Are you looking for volunteers? How can people help? And tell us uh, your closing pitch. Well, Craig, uh, we're always taking more volunteers. The campaign has been growing like every single day by huge numbers. It's been amazing. So you just go to kellybruff.com. You can volunteer. You can give money. Um, You can just come hang out with me as we rush around the city to meet voters. Uh, You'll see me everywhere. So Uh, You don't even have to try to figure out where I'll be. I promise wherever you are, I'll probably be there in the next week or two. Um, And I guess the thing I would leave voters with is, you know, I think we're at a moment in our city where we get to choose. Do we continue the road we're on or do we turn our ship and do things a little differently that, you know, improve safety in our neighborhoods and house and shelter people? And and I think most people want to turn that ship. And I think to turn it, it requires somebody who knows what they're doing on day one uh, to start to make that turn. And I'm confident I can do it. But I also think the next mayor has some tough choices and tough decisions. Um, And I think she needs to be somebody that you're confident isn't thinking about their next political office. And, you know, I'm, I'm not run for office before, but more importantly, I'm not running for another one. And so I think that means Uh, You can count on every single decision I make will be about what's best for this city and its residents, uh, never about a political future. And I think that's important today. Well, I heard a slight shot in there and a clever use of a pronoun. And uh, (laughs) I want you to stay safe, stay warm and stay accessible to us when you become mayor of Denver. I will, Craig. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Be well. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go. You know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close. Who do you trust most among your children to make that call? 
These are the hard and good questions that you ask every day, right, Michael? Right, and if you ask them beforehand, when you're not in the middle of a crisis, then when a crisis hits, we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else. We're going, okay, we've got a smooth transition of power here. We've got a smooth who's in charge, and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care. There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaeldailylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. War on drugs has never been more serious. There are killer substances out there, including fentanyl. If God forbid you know somebody or a loved one of yours has been affected by fentanyl, perhaps my law firm could help. Sometimes there's justice in the criminal court system, other times civil justice. My number, 303-734-7156. 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Hey there, Senator Chris Hansen. How the heck are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. How's your Friday going? Well, I survived it. The rain has stopped for a minute, and you know what has emerged? Potholes. I remember you oh. are you are the king of vehicular safety. Is there a correlation between huge spring rains and potholes? Uh, well, actually, I would say the freeze thaw cycle we had in March is what is killing us now. There's, uh, yeah, it, it, the rain probably just you know piles on the damage. All right. Well, I didn't call to ask you about potholes or rain. Uh, I I called to see if you are wearing a necktie right now. Are you? Oh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, No is the answer. I had to do that for 120 days straight, but now I don't. Well, good. I got to write about that in the Colorado Sun. Your old man, Goodland, Kansas, wore a tie every day. You like to wear a tie. I thought it was going to be your ticket to victory in the Denver mayoral <laughs> sweepstakes, but turns out that Mike Johnston's open-collar approach better received. Well, yeah, and it might have been his IE money. I, I'm going to guess that was more explanatory variable. Now, what what kind of money did you say it was? Oh, just meaning, you know, the folks who made it into the runoff had uh, large amounts of contributions to their soft side. Oh, so follow the money and you will find out who is going to be the next leader of Denver? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of correlation, especially with the the way the fair election fund played out. But I'm curious of your thoughts on that. I really don't know. 
Um, as you know, I live just outside of Denver, very interested, but I've not studied the nuances or the repercussions. Tell me, uh, from your perspective, how it didn't work out. Well, I, I just think the Fair Election Fund, uh, you know, was a good idea in theory, but it essentially created uh, more influence for large donors on the soft side. Because... Uh, it just uh, it trivialized the uh, $500 type of thing when billionaires could play in the market? Well, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the if you look at the ratios of hard side to soft side, um, you can learn a lot about an election. And that is true at the state level, and I think it also played out at the municipal level. Now, are we talking about, uh, let, let's name names here, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the billionaire backing Michael Johnston, is is that Reed Hoffman? Yeah, that is one of his big donors, as I understand it. Did you see how Reed Hoffman's name came up this week? No, what happened? Did you watch Donald Trump on CNN with Caitlin Collins on Wednesday night? Oh, didn't he uh, bankroll the lawsuit against Trump? Yes, and Trump complained about it. And uh, Reid Hoffman is allegedly the billionaire who backed E. Jean Carroll in her civil lawsuit against Trump. And in response to that, I say, good for that guy, because that was the right side of the case. But um your thoughts on that, now that I put those two things together. Obviously, you're not a huge fan of, uh, well, I'm not going to speak for you. Uh, I mean, Reed Hoffman's a benefactor of Mike Johnston. You've chosen to back Kelly Broff. Um, is it because you take offense to Reed Hoffman or billionaires in no, general? I, I, no, not at all. I don't, I don't take offense to it, um, but I do think that you know, the the idea behind the Fair Elections Fund was to try to emphasize small donors. And I think the outsized influence of independent expenditure committees was definitely a factor in this race. Right. And there are accusations that Kelly Brown has her own billionaire benefactors. Am I right? Well, yeah, she certainly has her own uh, soft side committee. But I didn't see any uh, giant contributions from billionaires. But you know, it's part of our part of our system, and and I think that's you know something that is worthy of discussion. I've been thinking about that a lot, Chris Hansen. Uh, 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 did you watch the entire Trump uh, CNN thing or or not? I, I did not. No, I found I, I it mean, pretty painful to even watch. So you didn't watch it. Was, it. No, I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, it was lie after lie on TV. And, it, it was, uh, but I mean, that's why yeah. I wanted to watch it. It was great fodder for a trial attorney, and they will use it. And uh, E. Jean Carroll should sue his ass again, that's for sure. Uh, but it got me thinking about this in CNN. Do you know who controls CNN now, according to published reports? They're billionaire in charge. I don't know who's in control. It's reputedly John Malone, who lives in Elizabeth, Colorado, and has for quite oh, a while. Oh, I did see that in the paper today. Yes. Cable billionaire. And it just seems like it's a billionaire's world, and we're just playing in it. And 
these billionaires want to keep their billions, right? And so they love the tax cuts. Some of them are religious. I think Malone's a Roman Catholic. So they have those agendas like Harlan Krogh, who's paid for all those things for Clarence Thomas. And I just feel like billionaires are buying things like a Denver election because it's it's pishlock to them. Do you know that Yiddish word pishlock? I don't. It no. means uh, nothing. I mean, it's pennies. it's, it's bookkids, yeah. right? It's it's pennies, right? It's uh, it's money they can piss away, right? And for a billionaire to buy a Denver election, it's really not that expensive, is it? Well, I mean, for a billionaire, I think you're probably right. It's not much money. It's just a few million dollars. And this was all kind of opened up by the Supreme Court with that Citizens United case, which Barack Obama complained about. And now we're reaping what we sowed with Citizens United when we said, hey, these billionaires have a right to free speech. And if they want to spend billions propagandizing or putting Trump on CNN unfettered, they can do it. Well, that's exactly what the Supreme Court said, and I think our democracy pays a price in the long term. I know. It's a tough one, but let's get back to Denver. Thanks for indulging me on this, but isn't it kind of the same thing? Billionaires just pulling our strings. And you know who's the biggest billionaire of all in the world, in my opinion? It's not Musk. It's not... uh, you know, Bezos, I think it's Vladimir Putin because he's been stealing off the top for so long with so much oil money. And uh, he's a mobster type and he'll buy anything he can, including American media. And who knows what he's got on Rupert Murdoch and vice versa. It's just really uh, the the world we're coming to, uh, Chris Hansen. But you're a lot smarter than I am. You're an engineer. I mean... Uh, I talked to Kelly Brough a lot about AI, her first appearance. By the way, uh, Chris was so great on episode 135. If you want to hear about his great background, go to that exciting episode. And it was one of my favorites. But I I just wonder how you look at all these things from an engineer's perspective. Well, I mean, to your point about Putin, uh, I mean, I think that was the other disturbing part of Trump's appearance on CNN was his uh, moral equivalence that he seemed to believe between uh, the invading Russian troops and and the Ukrainians desperately trying to defend themselves, uh, which to my mind disqualifies him from being president of the United States. But the American voters, I guess, will make that decision. But it was one of the things that stood out for me and, and uh, yeah, about, about his treatment of Putin. It was beyond repulsive. And if Caitlin Collins could have been just a little alert she asked, hey, is Putin a war criminal? And how do I, well, bring up the Wall Street Journal reporter that he just kidnapped, Evan Gershkovich. Bring a picture of him. And when he belittles a rape victim, show him pictures of other rape victims in his past, one that he can't deny ever knowing. I mean, it was ridiculous from the standpoint of an interrogator. She came with a BB gun and he fired off his machine gun. It's really a scary time, isn't it, Chris Hansen? Are you able to pay attention more to what's going on outside the Denver mayoral bubble right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was great to you know get back to the Capitol and get to work uh, on finishing up some bills. Um, and, 
yeah, really in, enjoy my work at the state Senate. And, you know, after the mayor's campaign wrapped up for me, that's exactly what I did. Well, let's talk about the legislature before we get to the big finish and why you're a Kelly Brock fan now. What did you guys accomplish during your 120 days? Anything good? Well, yeah, Craig, I think we got a lot done this session. You know, for me, the my big focus at the end of the session was completing my energy and environmental bills, which I was really pleased to get Senate Bill 16 and about a half dozen others uh, to the governor's desk, which have now been signed into law. And then also the very urgent work around property tax relief. Um, you know, your listeners, I'm sure, just like me and you, got their letters in the mail from the county assessor. And we're seeing some pretty rapid appreciation in the market over the last two years, which means property taxes will will go up significantly if we don't have relief. And so we've put a package on the bill on the on the ballot for November, Proposition HH, uh, which will allow voters to to vote for property tax relief. Gosh, you guys had to come up with that in what about twenty four hours? I mean, is it foolproof? Well, uh, who who does the heavy lifting coming up with that? The governor, you? Were you personally involved? Uh, yeah, I was. I was very much uh, heavily involved, um, and you know, the governor's team certainly was very engaged. We were talking with hundreds of stakeholders uh, inside and outside the building to to negotiate that package uh, and then introduced it, you know, with about a week to go in the session uh, as a formal bill. Right. You are a budget master. You like that sort of thing. So did that turn you on? Do you like weeks like that? Oh, absolutely, Craig. I mean, you know, those are some of the toughest financial and fiscal puzzles that we have. And you know, I've really enjoyed working on those in my seven years in the legislature and, you know, I've done the property tax bills the last two years. And so it made a lot of sense for me to, to dive in and work on on the one this year. Thank God there are people like you who like working on stuff like that, because I don't. But one thing I've liked working on throughout my career, because it intersects with the criminal justice world and being a parent and trying to live in a safe community is firearms, guns. They're out of control, and I know you feel the same way. Did you accomplish anything this session, and why didn't you do more? Well, yeah, there's, uh, Craig, it's fair. There's always more to do, but I would say we had a very productive session on improving gun safety in Colorado. We had five bills uh, that were have now been signed into law. I, I was the prime sponsor on two of them, including the bill to create a waiting period, a three-day waiting period for firearm purchases, as well as the ghost gun uh, legislation. And so I think we got some great work done this year. Is there more to do? Absolutely. Uh, but, but I think a very productive year. I want to go back to budgets for a minute, because from my naive perspective, I think I understand politics, and I've been studying this guy named Trump I think that he's got the House set to screw up our whole economy by not paying our bills. It's an irresponsible thing to do, but that means that the House Republicans will probably do it at the behest of Donald Trump and try to crash the economy. Have you gotten out of the Colorado and Denver bubble enough to put your attention to that? Am I right? Well, I... I think you're probably right uh, as far as the dynamic in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy seems to be taking orders from the former president. Um, but I, I would say, you know, this is not the first time we've been here. I, I certainly hope we can get a negotiated solution. 
But this may be a situation where the president is going to have to call the House of Representatives bluff. Uh, and, you know, I think there's a lot of really interesting um, legal analysis that that indicates that Biden has additional options as well. I don't know if you saw the article from Lawrence Tribe, uh, who's a constitutional scholar from Harvard, uh, but he wrote that the president can unilaterally uh, cover the debts of the United States. Um, and so I think we're at this interesting moment in this negotiation. Right. But we're agreed. And based on the CNN interview, Trump said, hey, when it happened to me, I said, you can never use this as leverage. And when he was confronted with the hypocrisy, he said, well, I'm not president now, which just shows that he's just trying to mess up Biden and America in the process, and yet people dig him. Can you understand why? What's going on that so many people uh, like this monster? He's a monster. Well, why do they like him? Yeah, Trump, Trump is for Trump, uh, first and foremost. Uh, that's all he cares about. And it shows again in this particular discussion. Uh, but it would be catastrophic if the United States government doesn't fulfill its debt obligations. And uh, I'm confident that, you know, we're going to get through this this critical moment. But it is um, it is very nerve wracking uh, from an economic standpoint. And, you know, the the Trump position on this, again, shows that he is not uh, fit to be president. Trump may be just for Trump, but Chris Hansen is now for Kelly Bruff. How did that come about? Yeah, you know, I, I took several weeks to, to talk to both candidates and talk to a lot of people in Denver and came to the conclusion that uh, I wanted to support Kelly in this runoff election. You know, I've always been impressed by her ability to run uh, large teams. She certainly has deep experience in City Hall. Um, and, and a lot of management and budget experience to go with that. And I just felt like she could do a great job as, as the next mayor and decided to support her. I think you have a better perspective on science than myself or probably large segments of my audience. I think artificial intelligence is taking over. It will be part of a good government in the future, probably bad government too, Am I right about that, number one? And number two, does that mean Mike Johnston or Kelly would be better as mayor? Well, I, to, to take those questions one at a time, I mean, I, I think you're right. AI has already had a huge impact on our world and has had a huge impact on government. Uh, and as that technology matures, uh, that will only increase. Uh, in fact, last year I did a bill on how AI is being used for facial recognition technology and some of the problems that are occurring in that space, especially with uh, false positives or false identification of of folks, you know, using using uh, facial recognition and AI technology. So huge number of important, you know, ethical questions uh, that need to be answered when it comes to AI technology and Certainly, that's going to show up in, in city and state and federal government uh, context. You know, what does that mean for this mayor's race? Um, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, either candidate is, is has talked much about AI. Um, you know, and I think that's going to take all of us to really figure out, you know, where do we want to put safeguards in place? 
And this will no doubt be part of what the next mayor has to deal with, along with a thousand other issues. So, you know, I, I guess what I've, I've seen Kelly do a great job of reaching out to experts, um, listening carefully to stakeholders. And, you know, I, I, I think she'll be able to handle this along with a, a large portfolio of other issues. I've seen a lot of mayoral candidates and mayors come and go. That's just how old I am. And I've had the benefit of interviewing both Mike Johnston twice and Kelly Brupp twice now. And they're both very impressive to me. Are they impressive to you, both of them? I, yeah, I, I like Kelly and Mike. Uh, absolutely. I think they are both impressive. Um, you know, this is, in a, in a sense, I think Denver had a lot of good choices. And, you know, in this runoff, uh, continue to have, have good choices. Um, but ultimately, you know, I really, what tipped the balance for me was, was Kelly's long experience at city hall and, and her, uh, experience running large teams. And, and that's why I made uh, the choice to support her. One of the most controversial things at the start of the race was your campaign ad on Channel 9. And people said you portrayed too many people of color. And what are you, a racist? Then you said, hey, I have uh, biracial kids. What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm sure you remember better than I do that a lot of your fellow candidates kind of raised their hand and said, yeah, I think that ad's bad. It's racist. And among them was Mike Johnston, who now comes under fire for a host of things, including his membership in Skull and Bones back at Yale. As I recall, you are super well-educated, too. And there he was at Yale. He's invited into this club. He accepted. Is that a point of concern? Here's your chance for payback. No, Craig, I'm not, you know, just to be clear, I'm not interested in payback at all. Um, you know, I think it was a false accusation. It was a coordinated attack by a couple of the candidates in the race. Um, and I think it was deeply unfair. And, you know, the premise of the question from Channel 9 was a false premise. Um, but, you know, that's water under the bridge at this point. And, no, no, and no, can I just stop you? Are, are you saying it was a false premise because not everybody at the start was a person of color? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, there were two white people in that ad as well. So Right. I, you know, I, I, I would just say that when I watched the ad, I really couldn't tell what race they were. So go ahead. Well, yeah. And so, you know, look, I had several people say to me afterwards, like, look, we have important racial issues we need to deal with. Let's let's, uh, you know, concentrate on those and not, you know, constantly call people racist uh, as, as sort of, you know, the, a first response, let's have a real conversation. And that's exactly what I try to do in my public service, you know, as far as skull and bones and Yale, you know, I'll let Mike speak for himself. I think he's already answered that question. Right. On my, on my show too. And then Kelly just uh, spoke about it this week, but go ahead to your thoughts. Well, yeah. I, I mean, look, there's no doubt, you know, some of these organizations have had, uh, issues in the past. I think there's some evidence that Skull and Bones, you know, a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, whenever, uh, you know, as you look back across history, certainly some things that uh, do not, uh, you know, pass the smell test in the modern context. Um, and, and frankly, we're racist. But, 
you know, I don't, I don't think that's the case with the modern skull and bones. I've, you know, I, I didn't attend Yale. I went to, uh, attended MIT and, uh, um, you know, was, was not involved in any of those sorts of clubs, but the, but, you know, I, I feel like if we're going to have a conversation about important issues of racism and structural racism, then let's do that. Let's talk about how we break down those barriers and create a more equitable society. Um, that to me is, is a much more important conversation than, you know, calling people names. Um, and so, you know, I'm just not, I'm not going to respond in that way and not interested in paper. Well, good. That's because you're a bigger man. Although, um, I bet your wife got pissed about that. I remember how spouses take attacks. Uh, good experience or bad experience running for Denver mayor? That was a wonderful experience. I have no regrets. Um, I'm, I learned so much. I got to meet so many incredible people. Um, learned a lot about myself in the process. And yeah, really, really glad that I did it. What happens next for Chris Hansen? Are you term limited or what's your next uh, mountain to climb? Well, I, you know, I need to make a decision uh, in the next, I, I don't know, not an exact deadline, but I've got to decide if I'm going to run for re-election to the state Senate. Uh, I'll be back on the ballot in 2024 if, if I'd run for re-election. So that's really my next decision that I need to make. Well, how did your family weather this storm? I hope it was good for them. Yeah, it was it was a really positive experience for the most part. Obviously, being called a racist on TV in front of your kids is not fun. Um, but, you know, the the upside is that I got to spend a lot of time with my boys and we got to campaign together. And, you know, it was a, a family effort. And I, it was wonderful to share that with with my boys. And, you know, those would be memories we we all will always have. I like you fighting down there. You know a lot about uh, climate change. You know a lot about guns. I think public safety is your first, uh, is, you know, it, that's the job of a legislator, and it's it's at the top of your agenda. I think you're a fine public servant, and I bet Kelly Brupp is really appreciative of your endorsement. Thanks for coming back on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. I appreciate it. All right. See you, Chris. Bye-bye. Yep, bye. Now, during the pandemic and otherwise, a lot of people have so much affection for their pets. That must come up all the time. What's going to happen to Scruffy? What can you tell us about that, Michael Bailey? What you can do is create a pet trust in Colorado. You put money into trust, and then that money is available and earmarked to care for the dog. And it can last the lifetime of the dog or 21 years, whichever is shorter. And then when the time frame for the trust is up, you can dictate who gets whatever leftover money or I have several clients who will leave it to some sort of animal shelter or animal rescue to be able to care for other animals. How cool is that? You can go to Mike Bailey's office and he has offices all over and you could meet at your home, whatever. I love the way you practice law. You've kept it going for a long time. Tell everybody how they can make you their lawyer. So my phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. They can call me 
or they can go online to mobileestateplanning.com and there's a link there where you can schedule an appointment with me. Hey everybody, for all of your legal needs, why not start with me? 734-7156-303-734-7156. I've been practicing law in Colorado for over 42 years. And I know a lot of people. And if I can't do right by you, I can steer you in the right direction. My number, 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, a voice for people with legal difficulties. Troubadour Dave Gunders, everybody is waiting, wondering what happened at the big bridal shower last week. Hi, Craig. It was a great success. Thanks to my my wife and to Lou, her helper, and uh, all the other people who pitched in, like my sister who was here in town. Anyway, there were about 20 women there, uh, my wife's friends, my daughter's friends. We had great weather, um, uh, unlike what we're getting now. My wife said it was spectacular, and it was great to meet Joan, star of episode 147. Here we are, episode 148, between... Now in 150, you are going to a destination wedding. Just tell me what it's like to be the father of the bride right now, and we'll get a debriefing after you come back, too. Uh, there's a lot of decisions being made. I'm, I'm staying cool, but I may be the only one, Craig. What's it like? Um, I'm not sure yet because it hasn't happened. You may have to ask me when it's over, but I, I am excited about going um, to a beautiful island and— uh, you know, and celebrating with my daughter and her husband-to-be, who we like a lot. Nothing quite like the tropics. The closest I get is usually Miami. I've been to Doral a few times. Now, Trump owns it. Have you heard about that conference he's having there this weekend? I have not. Oh, his son, Eric Trump, is a part of it, but they have a couple of notorious anti-Semites. It's being put on by a guy named Clay Clark, who's getting sued by Eric Coomer, the Denver Dominion guy. Um, Anyway, it's just a collection of terrible people at a hotel I used to like, and uh, I'm embarrassed to ever having stayed there. I don't think it reflects poorly on you, Craig. And then I was thinking as I put on this shirt, this shirt with an American flag today, what you said to me, your sister Joan, I think, conveyed it to you, conveyed it to the audience. Just that she was uncomfortable um, putting the flag out now for all of the things that that it may represent now that that the uh, radical right has basically appropriated our flag. Although I must say and tell the people here that can't see you, that flag, is, that shirt is very nice, and you wearing it, I, I don't feel any of that at all, any of that um, right-wing appropriation. It, it looks like a beautiful American flag, and you are a patriot to wear it. Thank you. Thank you. But you have to think twice. And just with these anti-Semites, with Trump, my God, people are thinking extraordinary things, and 
We get real personal on this podcast. It's a place in time. I'm fourth generation Colorado, and I've got no place to go. But we've heard the story of your father, Henry. He's still with us, and he was born in Munich. He has German citizenship. And holy cow, if we ever had to get out of here, you might have a place over there. Could you grandfather me in? I'll do what 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 whatever be necessary, but please don't even bring that up. Nothing would no. I'm American through and through. I mean, this is uh, this is this is our country. So you'd stand by? I would do what was. Yeah, I'm I well reasonable I people. Mean, I don't even know what you're necessarily postulating. I'm here. saying that uh, your sister Jones looked into she. It. Yeah, I mean there are. Yeah, you're as as as. And it's ju- not stupid. I met Joan. No, she's she's, not she's a mother. She's no, and thinking- I know other people too. I know other people too. As a Jew, you're able to get uh, apply for and receive uh, uh, dual what German citizenship or European citizenship? No, is that no, it is? Israeli is it? citizenship. But no, but you can you can no, but Germany. Germany. You can uh, get German, and just think of the irony of an American Jew having to go back to Germany for safety. Isn't that an irony? But let me say this. I'm not interested in any of that. I know you're not. You're a fighter. You are a fighter. I'm an American. You're an American. Right, but but what happens? I mean, your dad was a Munich guy. He was a German, or so he thought. That's right. That is true. Anyway... God forbid it would ever happen here or anywhere God else forbid. again. God again. forbid a former president would ever have anti-Semites over for dinner. A neo-Nazi, Nick Fuentes, Kanye West, and now a Trump Doral meeting with more anti-Semites. It's- he, he's an ex-president. He was not reelected. And let's just be grateful for and, that. And you know why you have your attitude and why you stand so firmly in the ground? Because you're like a great tree. Nothing the wind can't blow, right? <laughs> Nothing the wind can't blow. Yes. Tell us about this beautiful song for this week. This song is about a woman who has a lot of hardship in her life. Um, and she's um, conveying to her daughter the, the, uh, the importance of remaining resilient against these forces that will try to take you down. Right. Just like we're talking about. It's an attitude that could be imparted... To anybody, and you pay attention to the show, and I know which shows you like better than most, and I think Kelly Bruff, our guest this week, got to you a little bit on episode 132, because you said to me, Craig, I have this song for her, Nothing the Wind Can't Blow. Why did you put those two together? She's a fighter, and she's had, um, you know, she's had tragedy, and she's had hardship, and um, she's been resilient, and I thought, what better song? Right, about a single mother mm-hmm. making it better. Right. Mm-hmm. God, it's an inspired song. Who is there singing on Beautiful Backup? This is Sarah's. In fact, this is, this is my bride. older daughter, Sarah, the bride. And uh, this is, in fact, this one is, it's one of my favorites that Sarah performed on. You know what happens after marriage? Um, two babies in a carriage or something. <laughs> What's the poem? Yeah, What's yeah, the silly, babies. The, chil- the children's yeah, poem. Gonna, that's the way. First comes love, then comes marriage. Then you become a grandpa. Then you become a grandpa. Well, hopefully. I love E. Jean Carroll for her courage standing up to Trump. I read her interview in the New York Times on the rape charge. She blamed herself. She said, I did not convey well to the jury. Yes, I felt his fingers really roughly grab me inside, you know, without any warning. Can you imagine? 
And she described that, and then she said she was penetrated by his penis, but she feels like she didn't give the jury really the full description. And for her to explain, you know what? I haven't been with a man for a long time, but I was married twice. I know the difference between fingers and a penis, and he put his penis in me. And you know what? Now she has another chance to prove it because Trump went on CNN, called her a whack job. She made the whole thing up, never even knew her. Now she can have a shot with a New Hampshire jury. And then what will Trump say when they come back? Oh, it's a fix in New Hampshire. It's it's just disgusting to me. I get all worked up. Thanks for letting me go off on this. But uh, I think E. Jean, Cumming, uh, e. Jean Carroll, not, uh, you know, the author E. E. Cummings, but E. Jean Carroll is a hero, and she can keep on being a hero. And just to extend it to you being a grandpa, she is saying, I think I will go after him again because she can't stand this old-timey, patriarchal way of grabbing women by the pussy and saying it's okay. It's not okay. Those days are over. Thank God your daughter Sarah didn't have to endure it. Or your granddaughters and your grandsons should never learn that this kind of behavior or laughing about it in New Hampshire or making fun of a rape victim is appropriate. That's why she says she wants to move forward to teach young men, you don't act like Donald Trump, not in a civilized world. That may have been okay a hundred years ago, but those days are gone, thank God. Sorry for letting me rant, but this really gets me worked up. Your response? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's never appropriate. Uh, uh, Trump would, he'll, he'll say the same thing if it goes to New Hampshire. And I do like... He, he I said it. Like That's where the CNN yeah. interview was, was in New Hampshire. That's what I why. like about her, speaking yes. of, of being a fighter, is that she's not a victim. She doesn't speak like a victim. Right. She doesn't, she's she's uh, she's funny. She's got her 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 sense of humor. I, I've heard her speak, and um, and I think she's... she's uh, a good spokesperson for someone who has been uh, treated this way, you know? And so I, I support her in, in, you know, doing what she has to do. But as far as, as far as Trump and what his responses will be, like you've said, we, we already know what that will be. He'll deny everything. Right. But he needs to get punished again. It's like this civil judgment of $5 million. It's, it's like a, a child. If you, if you discipline your child and then they go out and do the same damn thing, you sure as hell better double the discipline or do something else. You can't just let your child say, oh, okay, I get disciplined once and then I can do it with impunity. It doesn't work that way. Did you watch that CNN debacle with the president from New Hampshire with Caitlin Collins? No, Town I, Hall. I, did, I did not. No, you described a little of that Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah she, he described uh, her as whack job. He said so many things. I played for you little Keith Oberman because he's my new second favorite podcast. He does Daily Show, and he well expresses my outrage at all the ways CNN got used. But as a trial attorney, there's so much ammunition. We're talking about it in Carol B. Trump where he said, I never met her like I would do something like that. If only this uh, interviewer, Caitlin Collins, would have had a picture or even said the name. What about Natasha Stoinoff? Do you know who Natasha Stoinoff is? 
she another victim of his? Yeah, the one to on the, air, on the airplane? No, the one from People Magazine. Oh, okay. Because he would deny the the airplane lady. I right. never met her. Right. But this lady from People Magazine had interviewed him like eight times. And Melania. Melania knew her well, too. Okay. So what's he going to say about that lady? But no, there was no pushback there. He started loving on Putin again, wouldn't take sides against him, wouldn't call him a war criminal. Why not if CNN was not in the tank? Why wouldn't Caitlin Collins show him a picture of Evan Gershkovich, this Jewish-American Russian uh, native who was kidnapped by Putin, Wall Street Journal reporter, our best and brightest, right. now held in the gulag. Right. And why don't you show a picture of that in that town hall, Miss CNN? I mean... It's disgusting. At the same time, he keeps incriminating himself. But the worst part, CNN stacked the audience with about 200 Republicans and independents. And before it started, they said, you cannot boo. All you can do is applaud if you feel moved to applaud. So the people inclined to boo didn't boo, but the people who applauded applauded like harp seals where <laughs> it became overwhelming. Right and and uh, it just wasn't fair. It was an embarrassment. Why did CNN? What was their what was their purpose? I mean, what were they? I'm, I'm, about I'm it? showing the, the money right. sign right here. Yeah. They brought in this guy Chris Litt, who took over for Jeff Zucker. Now, do you know anything about Chris Litt? Let me tell you. He's a run of the mill guy who got hooked up with MSNBC in its infancy. He's a program director type, and he hooked up with Joe Scarborough. And this is back in the, in the day that Oberman was there. Oberman knows Chris Licht really well because Oberman ended up getting fired from MSNBC. And he says Licht was the kind of manager that everybody thought ate paste. I don't even know what that means to eat paste, but that's the way Oberman puts What is that? What What is eating paste? I don't know. It, oh, okay. That's the way. It's not a good habit. It's kind of like eating pudding with your fingers. Like brown nosing, or is it? Uh, is Maybe. It, uh, so, but the guy rose through the ranks, and first he was with Morning Joe, and he started Morning Joe, which is a show I watch regularly, and so that's a great invention that he went on to be hired by CBS in their news division. But he went to the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And he improved the ratings on that. So this guy's like a good general manager in sports. He can get you the ratings. He can get you the the revenue, right? Because ratings means revenue. Right. So CNN had a big shakeup. Do you know who controls CNN now primarily? What billionaire? Just don't say Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> John Malone. Okay. He lives in Elizabeth, Colorado. He's lived there for a while. He's a cable billionaire. Ever right. heard of the guy? Yeah. All right. He's kind of likes money, keeping his money. He's conservative. And he's changing CNN. Oh. And he fired Jeff Zucker and he brought in Chris Licht. And right. I think he said, make me more money. All right. So make there's a sea change here. Right. And CNN. they got good ratings. Oh. And now Anderson Cooper issued a big mea culpa. I understand why you hate us, this and that. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Hell, I put O.J. Simpson on the air with me, and he was a double murderer. But in the end, I confronted him. So that's what would have been good if Caitlin Collins 
would have confronted him more. I mean, she said that's not true when he said the election was rigged. He repeated all his lies. Anyway, thanks for letting me rant about that. Do you want to talk about really fun, good stuff? Absolutely. And something that the wind can't blow because it's just too solid. The nuggets. The Nuggets, as embodied in the form of number 15, mm-hmm. seven foot, 280, don't even try to blow him or roll him over. Mm-hmm. He is, should have been the triple MVP. We, he got robbed of that, but the best revenge is to live well. And, buddy, we're headed to the Western Conference Finals. Who are they playing? That is yet to be determined. Okay. Friday night, we taped this Friday afternoon as per usual the lakers who are up three two have a chance to put golden state out okay golden state warriors in la we hope we hope as nugget fans that golden state wins tonight you know why we'd rather them be our opponent but we'd rather that they both beat each other up Okay, oh. it was like Iran versus Iraq back in the Get day. Getting tired. Yeah. Okay. Let them go to a draining game seven while we all relax. Jokic said he was going to the swimming pool, although it's pretty cloudy out in Denver. But we've got five days to get ready. And you know when it begins? Tuesday night, Denver, Colorado, the all Western right. Conference Finals. Wow. And do you know what follows that beatdown of the Lakers or the Warriors? First time ever, NBA Finals, Denver, Colorado. You know who's going to go? I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping they make it. Uh, who's going to go? You're going to go. I'm going to go. You want to go? I'd love to go. I probably won't go. Now, how much <laughs> would you pay for a ticket? I, I'd let you take me. <laughs> no, no, no. How much did I you pay, pay for this stone? I wouldn't pay. Oh, my daughter took me to the stone. Right, 300 but, bucks a piece. All right, but forget tickets. How much would you pay? 300 Oh, I wouldn't expect you could get in for three hundred. Probably a top row ticket. Yeah, maybe. Oh, really? You yeah. Could get in for that, right? But oh, yeah. It seems like a three hundred. Three hundred doesn't phase me anymore, right? Because you could see, you know, a Broadway show, right? Uh, even but skiing. For a really good ticket, would you pop for five or six hundred yeah. for an NBA Finals? Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, that's going to be the hottest ticket for a basketball game in Colorado history. Put the cart before the horse. Let's get back to your song, because honestly, this is brilliant. Your music, I don't know what inspired this, but tell me about the inspired fiddler on this song. Isn't it's that a, the, you know, I wanted a, um, I wanted a real, like a, um, a mountain feel to this, uh, this song. And that's why Sarah, I think, did so beautifully, because her voice, she doesn't have a trained voice, right? And um, so she sings very simply, but but she has beautiful tone. And um, originally I had drums on this song and something wasn't working. And as I was recording, I was like, what if I just took the drums out, made it more of a, a rural kind of a mountain, um, you know, country, more country oriented song. And by taking the drums out, that started to happen. I finger picked it, got my daughter to sing. And so um, that was, uh, I think, in in keeping with the song's um message you know something something simpler to something to a different time a, a previous time don't you bring in a violin a fiddle yeah. yeah so the violin was part of that as as well but you didn't of... play the violin no i don't no no johnny neal all right that's what i was kidding at the great johnny neal 
Let's give him props. Let's give Sarah Gunders props. Is she going to change her name? I haven't asked her. Gosh, Mr. Oblivious. Great question. All right. Well, we have one more show before the wedding. We'll have to do that early or maybe from your tropical destination. Okay. Just don't go to Trump Doral like I once did. (laughs) I'll steer clear. All right, everybody, listen to this beautiful song by our troubadour, Dave Gunders, Nothing the Wind Can't Blow. All her life making it better Sitting up with her baby child Little girl, tell me what's the matter And I will stay a while Sit right there, I'll tell you the story Where we're from, who you are I'll come from the land of milk and honey Black sky with a million stars Now she's running late Last one in again Putting on her face Raider boss will understand Later now visits her mama on her own And she sees her slowly fading away now In this so-called home She used to have a smile for everyone around Sing to your children Always keep your head up now Coming down to this, down to this, down to this. All our trouble coming down to this. Nothing that the wind can blow. All our trouble coming down to this, down to this, down to this. All our trouble coming down to this. Nothing that the wind can Lights turn green, she don't go Got her face in her hands crying for her mama And she prays for others she don't know She is young and her faith is strong That's how she was raised with a smile and with a song All our trouble coming down to this Down to this, down to this All our trouble coming down to this Nothing but the wind can't
in through the door Sees her baby smile Holds her close Sings the song that she learned as a child All our trouble coming down to this Down to this Down to this All our trouble coming down to this Nothing that the wind can blow All our trouble coming down to this Down to this Down to this All our trouble coming down to this Nothing that the wind can is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is, you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. Okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. Craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. 303-734-7156. Hey, now that's his show. Dave Gunder's magnificent song, Father of the Bride Comes Through Again. 
Nothing the wind can't blow is solid as an oak tree. And then, Kelly Brop, you have been strong. And you have tried to bring a positive message to Denver. And I think Denver's blessed to have two great candidates, both of whom spent good amounts of time with me. I'm so appreciative. Good luck to them both. Chris Hansen, you're a smart guy. You did get smeared in that Denver mayoral run, but you came out hopefully stronger and better for the experience. Running for office is hard. You don't hear the people who lose elections around here bellyache about the way the ballots were counted. That's Donald Trump's terrain. He's trying to tear down democracy, probably at the bidding of other world leaders who would like to see America diminished. God knows having that on CNN with Donald Trump, that has to diminish America's standing throughout the world. We have to hope for better leadership. May God give strength to all the candidates. May you have a great week upcoming. And thank you for listening. Tell a friend five stars. I like it on Apple. Let's get that rating up to 4.9. I'd love that. Thank you. See what people will do for ratings. Get it? Come on, CNN, do better. I'll try to do better too. We are all just works in progress. Let's all evolve and improve. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.